0: Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. We interview women in the sports and entertainment businesses to teach you the tips and the mindset that will get you to the top faster. Marion Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. Let's bring visibility to women who are crushing it in their roles. Join us week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. We will lead you forward because leadership is female. Brooke Ellenberger is the vice president of ticketing at the Tennessee Titans. She's a sales leader, hiring manager, and career coach inside her role with the Titans. She's worked for the Saints, Astros, and now, of course, the Titans, which has allowed her to build her sales skills across two of the big four. Today, she offers very well-rounded career advice with a sales focus. You'll be better from hearing from Brooke's story, and this will help you bring drive and tenacity into your workplace tomorrow. So without further ado, let's go. Welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast, Brooke Ellenberger. She is vice president of ticketing at the Tennessee Titans. We're so pumped to have you.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here today, Emily.
0: My pleasure. So tell
1: us who you are and what you do. So Brooke Ellenberger, Vice President of Ticketing um, for the Tennessee Titans, and that incorporates all of our ticket sales, ticket services, premium sales and service, and our ticket operations.
0: You've got an interesting story, I thought, in, in how you got there. You've been with the organization for, for eight years. What has that story looked like to land you in, uh, in Tennessee?
1: Sure. So I started, you know, graduated from Clemson, started with an internship at a minor league hockey team and was able to rotate around, you know, to each of the departments and kind of understand what I, you know, what I might like or what I might want to do. And I had no idea there were that many options within within sports at that point went back to school, graduated and got a part-time ticket sales job with the New Orleans Saints and moved to New Orleans, you know, really got my feet wet, understood what the sports industry was like, what selling tickets was like, um, was fortunate, you know, six weeks later, got a, got a full-time job there. So, um, so that was really great. You know, it was a great, great opportunity for me. And then I decided I was I was ready to kind of take the next step. And so I I moved to Houston, got a job with the Houston Astros in Major League Baseball. And um, it was quite a difference. Um, 83 home games was was big difference from from 10 home games. But I I loved it. Everything was fast paced, you know, as you as you prepare, there's a game the next night. And so you had to really stay on your toes. They move fast. And so you know, throughout my time, I worked at least 800 games. So you, you, you really gain an understanding and you start to learn how everything works and you begin to play a part in the strategy and ticket pricing and how we can sell out the building better. And so, you know, all those things I just learned throughout, throughout my time there. And then was fortunate someone, someone I've worked with, uh, at the Astros, um, knew somebody at the Titans and, and told me about a position that was, that was open here. And so, so I I applied for that position, um, and been vice president of ticketing here for eight years.
0: Yeah. And you have only three stops in your 23 year career, which I find astounding in this industry. Why do you think that's the case? Why have you stayed with organizations for so long and how did you know when it was time to move? what was that deciding factor?
1: You know' I, I've been really fortunate to work with and for some some amazing people and that's that's helped me along in in the journey and helped me understand a lot of a lot of that. Um, I, I will always be the first to tell you that my my jump from the Saints was was early if I'd had a Somebody kind of helping me along the way or understood more about the industry, I probably, you know, would have stayed there a little a little longer. I think as you get further in your career, you understand what being patient looks like, what what opportunities may come available that may not be available today um, as as organizations grow or as people take on other opportunities. You know, there's it creates. It creates different paths for you. And, and I think early in my career, Mike Stanfield at the Saints and Jackie Trawick at the Astros very early, they saw something in me that I'm not quite sure I saw myself at that point. And so they continued to give me responsibility. And it was it was a while before I understood Okay, this is something I can really make a career out of. This isn't going to just be a job for me. And so fortunate that I had folks like that, that were that saw that in me and wanted to continue uh, to give me responsibility. But I would say through throughout my time at the Astros, it was um, we continued to grow. The industry continued to change. Um, You know, we went to digital ticketing and strategy and, you know, dynamic ticket pricing. So there were a lot of things throughout the industry that changed that that allowed us to grow and uh, allowed uh, me to continue to learn new things as well.
0: You mentioned patience. Do you think that's something you were born with, a skill you developed, something that your mentors helped shine on you, it's really paid into your career to, to be patient, do
1: the work, and then the opportunity has come? I would say in general, I'm not a very patient person, so this has been something that's just kind of learned. And I have I have great parents that kind of helped me along the way and helped me see things Um, As I was explaining to them, like, well, maybe there's, there's other opportunity, maybe there's reason behind some of this. And so that certainly helped me. And I, I think I've always, I've always enjoyed what I do. And so I think that that gave me that extra level of patience in terms of really loving what I do every day. And so I I didn't want to stop doing that. And so, um, so I think that that helped a little bit. Well, let's
0: talk a little bit about ticket sales. What do you think are the three key ingredients to
1: succeeding in this vertical of the sports industry? Confidence, uh, persistence, and charisma. So I feel like you just have to be confident in in yourself and what you're selling. Otherwise, no no one else is really going to believe you and and purchase what it is that you're trying to, you know trying to to get them to to buy persistence you know being willing to to follow up to do the extra work to write a handwritten note to understand that you're going to get some no's along the way and and you know to be able to continue on and and pick up and and move on to the next um to the next person and and charisma you know you just have to be able to people want to be able to relate to you and once they can relate to you and you build that relationship that creates that that creates a, a better buying experience. It makes it a little easier along the way.
0: How do you teach confidence, persistence, and charisma to all the reps that are working underneath you right now at the Titans?
1: Confidence, I think the easiest way to show that is to try to chart out, you know, in general, it takes this many. This many knows to get there and, and then really celebrating those those successes and those first sales and, you know, building on. I think also in, in the confidence bucket is making sure the leads we're providing are, are good leads and they're, you know, the people they're reaching out to that that um, that they're fans and they they have an opportunity to purchase. Persistence, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of creating some processes and putting those in place. How many times you should reach out to someone till it's, till it's time to move on. And then charisma, that's a hard, hard one to teach. That's just, I think you can, you can learn that from those around you um, as others see success and you kind of, you look to emulate them. Some of that can can come through, but it is hard to like sit down with someone side by side and saying, and here's how we're going to get some better charisma. So um, so it is it is hard to teach that. Um, but I think it is something they can learn from from others around them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Creating that dynamic where you're sharing that success as well and you're seeing the processes on how other people get it done has that final link to the charisma piece. You're putting more of your energy and your personality and your own swing to the sale when you believe in the product and you've seen success. Exactly, exactly. So as a woman in this industry, a woman in ticket sales, I think we're getting better um, with the percentage of of women Mm -hmm. working in this vertical, but are there any challenges that you face that you feel our listeners
1: could learn from hearing about? You know, I'm... uh, I really don't have a, a lot of uh, challenges that I faced in the industry in terms of, of being female. I think the challenges that I faced were related more to, to being young and trying to just get your feet wet and understand how everything works and best way to be successful and and what that what that means, um, what that means for your boss, what that means for you. For me. So many, so many of my challenges just came from being young and green and not really having an understanding of how, how everything works.
0: Yeah. And I want to tell our listeners that you and I talked about this question before I hit record and you were like, Emily, I don't really have any like woman related challenges. And my response was, that's fantastic. Like, Let's tell the story that there's not always something that you encounter as a hurdle because, you're a woman, or you feel that it's because of you're a woman. And I think what Brooke can do here today is really shine a light on the fact that she hasn't had that challenge in her career. And you know, maybe there was some other cause for for a hurdle. And you know, early it was just it was it's hard being young in this industry. It's, you don't know what you don't know. And um, believe it or not, there's a pretty big learning curve to kind of getting in the in the flow of things. So has there been a, like the biggest hurdle or the biggest circumstance, um, that you've had to overcome in your career to get to the
1: next level? I feel like everyone, uh, might use, might use this one now, but COVID was just the biggest challenge that I think I've faced in my career. You know, we went from, oh, we're just going to be home for two weeks to, to it being this long, uh, drawn out thing. We didn't know if we were going to have a football season. We didn't know if we were going to have fans. If we did have fans, what was the protocol gonna look like? And so it was just this um this constant unknown. Um, And, you know, throughout most of my career in ticket sales, you know, you sell the tickets, people show up, the game is played and, and all things considered, there's a, there's a pretty controllable um, environment there. And this was completely uncontrollable. And I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about my teammates and how we can kind of, kind of work together, even through, you know, through Zoom and working at home. But it was, it was certainly a challenge. And Something I, you know, I I try to look at, at the ways that we improved um, through that, but it was, it was a hard time.
0: You know, what's crazy is I ask this question a lot, uh, the the biggest hurdle question, because I think there's a lot that we can learn in that reflection. And it's not until now, this new season of the podcast, and we're in early 2023, that COVID has been identified as the hurdle. And I feel like what that means is we finally feel like we're on the other side of it where we're not dealing with protocols and, um, attendance percentages and, you know, COVID communications to our fan base, uh, protocols in the office, like we're, we're sort of finally on the other side of that. Do you, do you think that's true?
1: I do think that's true. So I think part of being a hurdle is being able to get, get to the other side and, and now that we can kind of talk about it in the past, I think it's a little, it's, it's something that we can kind of recognize as a hurdle and we made it through it. And now we can, we can gain those learnings and, and be better moving forward.
0: How do you think it's changed sports organizations having gone through this really long period of time? I also thought it would be two weeks.
1: (laughs) um i think it's made us more flexible it's certainly pushed so many things digital for fans um and fans have now embraced it um they they there's an understanding there and i think that is that has helped a lot of our communication because it's in instantaneous and and that that certainly helps um allows us to be flexible you know we have we have a, a lot of a lot of staff here that have that have children and children are sick and still gives you an opportunity to kind of work from home. And there's, there's an understanding there. And I, I think just in general, that flexibility of, of making sure you know, your family is taken care of. I think we, we, we refocused a bit in the sports world. I think we've gone a little far from that. Like as much as you can work, you know, the better, the better you're going to be and the further you're going to progress. And I think it's, it's, it's shifted a little bit to make the most of your time. And if you need to pull your, your laptop out when you get home do do that, but, um, but have family time and make sure you're, you're involved with, with your family as well you mentioned
0: the digital piece as the, as a COVID after shock and so many teams weren't distributing digital tickets. We were doing paper and the box office and wow, that really fast forwarded the chain, those changes in ticketing for most organizations. It really did. It really did. Do you still deliver season ticket holder boxes or with, with the
1: tickets? Like what, how do you guys handle that? So we, we, we no longer print and ship tickets. We do have an end of year gift that we, that we send to everyone. So, um, so there is something that comes from us, some something that commemorates the season in some way. Recently we've done a large photo book that kind of gives them like snapshots of every single game. Um, So that way they have something to remember every single game So then they can kind of, kind of put their hands on and and hang on to.
0: That's really cool. It's, that's also a process that's changed in, in the office, that boxing process or the design process to, to put the season tickets and that delivery together or a pickup party for those members is now, it's now a different experience. Yes, for sure. Okay. How do you think? that
1: your own self-confidence has played into your success? I think it's been huge. Um, I'm grateful to have played youth and high school sports and the, you know, the other athletes and coaches that, you know, instilled that confidence in me. I think you have to be able, you have to be confident to join conversations. You know, you don't want to sit back if you whether you agree, you disagree, you want to add a add a point to it, you've got to have confidence to be able to do that, and sometimes offer an alternate view that might not be the the most popular view, and a, and also just confidence to overcome mistakes. You're going to make a mistake, and how can you learn from that, grow from that, never never let that happen again, and and not let it just just crumble you, um, so that you can no longer move forward. So so I'm I'm fortunate, you know, to to kind of have have that that started in in childhood and I think it's it's helped me um along the way. Yeah,
0: I think so many of us our youth sports experience is what really launched launched us as people and launched that confidence journey. I know now you're a crossfitter. Does
1: that help yeah. you carry that forward? It it does. So it gives me, you know, confidence to you know, kind of, kind of handle the day. It, it's a good stress reliever for me, which is, which is always nice um, to kind of, you know, work out in the morning. And so it's kind of come into the day. I've already been up for hours. I'm ready to go. So that certainly, you know, enhances that confidence here. You come in ready, ready to hit the ground running.
0: So I think that that confidence is an ingredient in willpower. Do you think personal willpower has been another really big aspect uh, of your personality that's helped you succeed and to really be in a a high position um, as VP?
1: Absolutely. I think, you know, willpower has pushed me along, Um, you know, I never want to turn something in and say, oh, it's good enough, Um, you know, and that willpower just pushing me um, to make sure everything is, you know, all the all the eyes are are dotted and the Ts are crossed, and you know, from the from the CrossFit standpoint, that willpower to get up early to, you know, kind of do that before I make it in um, because I know myself well and I know when I'm with the end of the day I'm done. So so to get that workout in, I think that aspect of willpower has really really helped me as well. What do you think goes into
0: into developing that? Like what, what's happening? You think in your brain and your body that's saying like, okay, Brooke, like we committed to getting up early and doing CrossFit. And then we have this big day at work. Like what, what is sort of that tipping point inside of you to, to make you stick with that plan?
1: I think there's a couple things for me. um, You know, if it's a big day at work, like I'm, I'm excited. And so, you know, knowing that if I go get in a, a good workout prior to, that's gonna help me be better throughout the day. And also have have friends that I work out with. And so when I don't show up, they give me a hard time. So that certainly certainly adds to it as well. But but it is a it is a it is difficult some sometimes to get up that early or to you know you know be be ready or be available all day long. And so it is it is hard to learn. I don't know if there's one specific thing I could I could point to that that really helps that, um, except having a plan, um, for me, I have a plan, my plan is to get up early. And then I know what my day looks like. Um, a plan really helps me kind of, kind of stick to it.
0: Yeah. What you really said there was have a plan, have a community and be excited about exactly. what you get to do are, exactly. are the, uh, that's the recipe for your willpower. I love it. Exactly. And so speaking of uh of of willpower and pushing yourself to go beyond um where you already are I think that really applies to looking for a job looking for a new job yeah. and as someone who's hired countless individuals in your career can you share hiring tips how do you find sellers and have those sellers to to fill the seats that that you've got um open in your company
1: and then succeed within your organization. That is that is always you know one of the one of the most most challenging uh, things that we do is is to find the right person that can not only um, do the job but but fit in with our culture and um, understand who we are. So one of one of my tips that I like is to start an interview off asking like some just some fun questions. You know, like. Uh, what's your biggest pet peeve or, you know, what your friends make fun of you about, like something that just kind of brings them down a notch as I don't think, I don't think it matters how many interviews you go into, you're always nervous. And so we try to, you know, bring them down a bit. We want to learn about them, who they are um, as, as a person, and then, you know, are they capable of doing doing the job? And so, you know, in terms of of hiring the right sales staff, it's hard, especially as we've kind of gone to this this Zoom environment. I think like it's really shortened interview windows um, in terms of the amount of time we we would spend with folks. Um, so that's that's made it a little more challenging, um, you know, past experience, knowing what these folks have done for us. You know, we have an inside sales program. So that certainly helps as we can get get, you know, college graduates in teach them how we do things, how they have an understanding of the, of, you know, not just ticket sales, but the way we do things at the Titans. Um, and when a full-time position comes open, you know, they're really geared up and ready to, to kind of take that next step. If you are listening to this
0: podcast, I know you are a busy professional. We can agree. We're always looking for products that are convenient and make life easier. Mobot water bottles are one of these products. It's a water bottle and a foam roller in one. I use the water bottle at the gym, staying hydrated in boot camp and then flipping the bottle on its side at the end of class to quickly foam roll my legs. It helps with recovery and gets me back to work faster. Get yours at Mobot.com and use the code leadershipisfemale, all one word, to get 15% off. Support Lonnie Cooper, the female founder of this product, and support yourself. This is a must have wellness water bottle at leadership is female we are serious about supporting you in your career that includes the tips to get you ahead inside your current organization or provide you with the next big opportunity in a new role that's why we have partnered with legacy search an executive recruiting firm specializing in mid to senior level executive searches across professional collegiate and minor league sports Check out the openings listed at LegacySportsSearch.com or in our monthly Leadership is Female newsletter. Hint, if you have not signed up for the newsletter, head to LeadershipIsFemale.com. If you find a job listed at Legacy Sports Search that looks like it should be yours, email us at leadershipisfemale@gmail.com at gmail.com and we will introduce you directly to the opportunity. This is your career. Make the most of it. You have heard so many of the professionals on this podcast talk about the importance that a mentor has made in their career. I've had so many listeners reach out to me to ask me about mentorship. The problem is mentors don't grow on trees. I'm working with my company, The Assist Group, to, well, provide the assist. We're going to form a mentorship cohort so that we can make sure you find the mentor you need to help your career grow. Make sure you're on the list to get all the details when they drop later this year. Visit the assistgroupwins.com to join the wait list. How do you find culture fit? Especially, you mentioned all this hiring we're doing over Zoom. It's it's harder to read a person when they're not like right in front of you. So
1: how do you uh, best identify that fit? We ask a couple of questions and have them rank like priorities um, and, and maybe all of their priorities are a one, but we make, you know, having them, you know, kind of sort things and, and give us kind of some ideas on on what's important to them. And then we we kind of ask some questions about their current office environment, what they like, what they don't like, some things they like about the folks they work with. So I think, you know, just kind of digging in and seeing how they respond to some of those uh, those those questions um, really helps us out.
0: Yeah, and I think um, also being consistent with the questions that you're asking. So having similar conversations with each candidate is really important, especially when you've developed those questions that are really specific to your organization. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Those are great great tips. So then, once they get hired, what do you feel are the keys to
1: managing these employees? So definitely a lesson I learned, uh, learned the hard way, you know, each person wants to be managed differently. Um, I think, I think early on my approach was to manage people the way I would want to be managed. And we're all different. We all have, um, you know, we all want to receive, um, you know, opportunities for improvement better. We all want to receive encouragement better or differently. And so, so really understanding the person, understanding how they uh, how they respond, what works best for them, and it's a little bit of a process, you know, getting to know folks and getting to understand their, you know, how they operate. Um, you know, they can't always articulate that to to tell you, and so so some of it's a little trial and error and figuring that out. You know, I think I think another key is creating clear outcomes, um, and so for me, I try really hard to not explain A to Z and just explain A and Z so that, that people have the creativity to get to the end goal, you know, how, however they see fit. And sometimes that's, that's a learning experience for them um, and always be available for questions and um, to kind of guide along the way. But, you know, as I manage, you know, Senior directors and vice presidents. Also, it is you know they want to they want to to be creative and they want to learn learn how to you know kind of navigate these situations. And then I think the the third one for me is clear communication, which is which is harder than than it sounds. Communication is not only you know what you say; it's also what the person hears. And so, making sure there's an understanding that happens in a in a conversation versus you know, running through a list or just saying um what's on my mind. So and those are all things that like I certainly am not not perfect at all the time and learn and grow through throughout my career now, continue to learn and grow. But those are those are a few of the things that I think are, are really important.
0: Yeah, uh Brene Brown says clarity is kindness. Yes. And that saying gave me so much permission to be more clear with the people that I managed in, in ways that might've felt a little bit uncomfortable before, like maybe just for me, maybe not for them, but it was like the way that I was perceiving the conversation. But in the end of the day, like if I'm clear about the expectations or the outcomes that are expected, that gives them the room to succeed. Nothing, no one's going to win if you're holding back.
1: Right. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, those and that's words. hard.
1: That's a hard, hard
0: lesson to learn. It is. It is for sure. Because when you know the thing, but you don't say the thing and then they do what they're not supposed to do, you're like, that's on me.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. okay, let's uh let's talk about Nashville. Yeah. So your city has been on fire for the last several years. Yes. What makes Nashville so great? And then to tack
1: on top of that, I want to talk about what makes the Titans so great. Yeah, so it is, Nashville is just a city full of really friendly people. I think that, that helps an inviting group of people here. There is always something to do here, um, that just, um, all things considered, mild climate, um, so we can be outside majority of the year and be comfortable, and so I think that just kind of adds to the, to the allure. There's, there's so many things to do, and you know, whether it's you know a sports venture, being out and hiking, going to Broadway, there's just a number of things that you know that you can spend your time doing, and and there's plenty for all ages. I think that's that's really critical as families move here. You know, I think that's that's important too.
0: And then, what makes the Titans
1: so great? You know, I got here in 2015. And right before I started, um, Amy Armstrong took over as, as controlling owner and she's, she's just, um, she just changed the organization in such a positive way. You know, we've been, been provided a, a tremendous amount of resources. Our, our department has grown, um, from seven full-time people and now we're up to 45 people. So throughout time, um, she's trusted us and, you know, she's, um, she's given us these these resources to allow us to be successful, and it's a it's just this top down mentality of you know uh, kindness for everybody, um, but also there's a there's um, there's execution that needs to happen, and there's there's a way to do things, um, and so it's just a really great organization um, from the top down, um, and that's where we we get our direction, um, and so uh, just really fortunate to to be here. So when you're not at work, what fills your time? So we talked about CrossFit. So I, I'm a CrossFitter at 5 a.m. So get going really early in the morning. Um, and after that, you know, spend a lot of time with, with friends here, here in town. And my family lives a little further away, but, you know, now this the off season, I'll have an opportunity to go visit them. And so I'm really looking forward to that. That'll be a lot of, a lot of fun to kind of catch up with them after a season.
0: Do you think you have to be a country music fan to live in Nashville?
1: No. Um, you know, I think Nashville is really trying to change the country music to just live music. And so there's a variety of music here. There's there's certainly uh, probably more, more country music, um, but there is a variety of music here and really trying to kind of expand on the country and just be live music here in Nashville.
0: Yeah. I, when we did our our call before the interview, we talked about Nashville because I had just been there in the fall for my first time, which is crazy growing up in the Midwest and Nashville's really not that far away, but great food, great music. And just, it was so much fun. It's
1: a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah.
0: So I encourage all of you jump on, jump on a plane. Yes, absolutely. (laughs)
1: Absolutely.
0: Check it out. Uh, All right. Final four questions. Number one, what's one thing women can
1: do today to level up tomorrow? So I think for me throughout um, my career is finding that stress reliever, finding something that outlet Um, It's different for everyone. Um, We've talked about it a couple of times, as every CrossFitter does talk about CrossFit a lot. Um, for me, that's, that's CrossFit for other people that is going for a walk or just spending time with their family or whatever that looks like, just preventing burnout. And and so that you are showing up to be your best self every day. I think that has been one really big thing for me. Couldn't agree more.
0: I talk about exercise as release <laughs> constantly. Yes. So we are definitely on on the same page there. Where are you traveling to
1: next? I'm, I may make a trip in between, but I am definitely headed um, to the master's in April. So I'm really excited about that. For some, I've been to the master's. So so I'll hit up Augusta, Georgia here um, in a couple of months. I'm really, really excited. That um, sounds
0: amazing. My husband is very jealous, I'm sure. <laughs> That's on the, that's on the list of the oh, yes. four Sam family at at some point in time. same. this is the this will be my my first trip there. So awesome. Well, you'll
1: have to let us know how it goes. Yes. yes. What is your pump up song? Um, so've got I've got two. one is Alicia Keys, this girl is on fire. um really like that one. Good beat, you know, good good lyrics. And then I grew up in, in Rock Hill, South Carolina. And so the queen song, we will rock you is just one that just always, you know, very nostalgic and and brings back a lot of, a lot of great memories too. So my five-year-old loves that song
0: (laughs) and I'm coaching his indoor soccer team this season. And we have to listen to it on repeat the entire way to this. I love it.
1: it. That's (laughs) so great.
0: All right. And what is your favorite quote?
1: Jeff, two, one that one that I've kind of stuck with. This, this has been my favorite quote for a long time, and I've got one new addition. So the first one is, you know, the same boiling water that softens a potato, hardens the egg. Um, it's not about your circumstances. It's about how you react to them. Um, you know, I, I feel like we're all in the same offices together. Um, and so people react to situations differently and. You know, I, I feel like you you have opportunities to to react and and how you handle that you know says a lot about you and it it gives you um, further potential potential opportunity and and just learnings. And the second one is um, the opposite of courage in our society is not cowardice; it's conformity. Um, and that's Rola May. So, just for me, you know, I feel like we're you, you kind of you have to have your own voice and you have to know what you believe in and and that may mean you agree with everyone in the room and that may mean you you don't. Um, but having the the ability to um to communicate that in in a friendly way um, and not not throw people off, um, I think is is really really important.
0: So this is why I love the quote question neither one of those have been mentioned before and really? both of those made me stop like yes. in my tracks and think those are fantastic thank you for bringing those to the audience all right well this has been a wonderful conversation about career growth about sales management hiring I mean, you really nailed it and i can't thank you enough for sharing your voice and your wisdom with us on the leadership is female podcast Thank you so much, Emily. I appreciate it. With that, let's get into the top four takeaways. Number one, to level up, it is essential to find your outlet for stress relief. Number two, when hiring employees, ask consistent questions that support the company culture. Start out with questions like, What's your biggest pet peeve? And what do your friends make fun of you for to break the ice and learn more about the individual on a personal level? Number three, when managing employees, create clear outcomes, but leave room for them to create their own success. Explain A and Z and let them come up with how to get from A to Z. And number four, the three keys to success in ticket sales are confidence, persistence, and charisma. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Time is your most precious resource and it means the world that you spent it with us. Please help us reach more people who need to hear these interviews by hitting the subscribe button and the five-star rating on your iPhone. Do you know someone who could benefit from this interview? Please share it. Take a screenshot and post to your Instagram stories, copy the link and share on LinkedIn, or text that link to your colleague. The Leadership is Female podcast exists to showcase female leadership in sports and entertainment and give you the tips to level up. We will extend a hand back to lead you forward. Extend the same hand by sharing this with someone who needs to hear it. One last thing, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Leadership Is Female. Now, take this lesson and run. Let's go. This podcast was recorded and edited by Emily Jansen, public relations by Paige Hegedis and distributed by Anchor FM.